Hi, this is Roberta Fallon, and I'm here at Moore College radio station, TGMR, and I'm very excited today because we have artist-in-residence, Mr. Lon Ray, from uh, the Spaces Project up at the Village of Art and Arts and Humanities, and Grimaldi Baez, who is also in the project with Mr. Lon Ray up at the Village of Arts and Humanities, and we've also got two other team members, William and Anthony, who are with us in the studio. So thank you for coming in to talk with me. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Mr. Lonray, you're from Nigeria. Yeah. Have you been in Philadelphia before? No, this is my first time I've been in the U.S. And what do you think? I, are you eating cheese steaks? I say close to my local dish. Okay, <laughs> that's probably better for your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got involved in the project and have been here since when? When did you arrive in Philadelphia? I arrived uh, in June 8th. June. Okay, so that's, and you're staying here until January? Yes. So that's a long residency. Yes. Very nice. And, um, but it's nearing the end, and you're having a, an ex exhibition, culminating exhibition on December 9th, yes. which is coming up. Correct. So, and Grimaldi, Tell me how you got involved with the project. Well, I was working at the village with the youth program, uh, and Kwesi and Lanre began their uh, stay at the village, and we became very good friends. I started to see how their projects were developing, and the opportunity arose for um, me to participate in a supportive role um, both to Mr. Kwesi and Mr. Lonray. What were you teaching in the youth program? Uh, well, we were, I was working with the spaces program and the youth program. And so we were, it was really, a, a, I think, a kind of first go at trying to uh, understand Lonray's process and how to include uh, work with large numbers of people. Um, so that was our first go at it, was working with young people um, and understanding and trying to distill some methodology from Lonray's very labor-intensive uh, work. Yeah, let's talk about that work, Lonray. You work with uh, recycled materials yeah. or discarded materials, yes. and it, it has an ecological um, thrust. Yes. You're, you're interested in problems of ecology yes. and waste. Yes. And you've been working on this type of project back in Nigeria. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, but you're using slightly different materials in, in your project at the village, right? Yes, yes. Can you tell me about what the materials are that you're using and what you're, how you're working with it and what you're making? What's, what is it that you're making? Yeah. Back home in Nigeria, I used to use discarded materials, any kind of materials that I find in my environment, which constitute new sense to the environment. But it's a bit different when I go to Philly. The kind of material I exposed to is a little bit different because the way they recycle or carry their waste here very different from what we have in Nigeria. In mm -hmm. Nigeria, you can find any kind of waste as easy as possible. 
on the street? On the street, in your neighborhood, anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, but here I have to uh, make some movement, movement, sorry, to search for source materials. But, and because my project is labor intensive in terms of materials used, I see that I can't find enough materials I was used to in Nigeria. So I have to accommodate series of other materials that I can find. And because here the materials is more refined, unlike in Nigeria. So that's why me and Grimadi are very close as a friend. So he was the first person to get me the first set of materials, which are mainly fabrics. Fabrics. Yes. And where are you getting them from? Let's name drop. I got the name. <laughs> um, I have a I have a studio, a, sh a shop up in um, Port Richmond, and my and the neighbor across the way is um, a uh, a fabric place. They they cut they cut fabrics. I wish I had the name on hand, but they're fantastic folks, and they throw away a lot of fabric. Hmm. And uh, it was very easy to make the arrangement. It was it was just a matter of you know taking it off their hands. They didn't want to have to lug it into the garbage and we needed a lot of it and they produce a lot of it so is it cotton is it clothing fabric or what kind of fabric is it it is cotton mostly i believe uh, but not exclusively there's lots of different uh there's lots of different materials uh but we we do have a lot of these like african fabrics like yeah. from these like daishiki kind of uh shirts and, and we're we're sort of wondering if they're all the leftovers from the um, uh, Creative, Creative Africa, Africa show, Africa show because those, those fabrics and the uh, the producer of those fabrics is featured in the, in that show. So we uh, Lisco, yeah, Lisco, exactly. That's it, exactly. And so one of our colleagues, um, uh, John um, from Ming Media, was uh, um, pointed that out to us the other day, and I thought it was an interesting interesting possible connection very we'll interesting we don't know <laughs> so once you found your source material then what did you do how did you envision your project the first thing I do when I get any materials I have to study the materials first I have to, the material have to speak to me first an artist because it's very important I can't just see the materials and need to tap into it and work with it but here in Philly, because I have an assignment to, to face in terms of having a certain team to work on, which is memory here about the neighborhood, about the community. So with that and this idea that I know nothing about, it's a culture that I don't know nothing about. So that's why you have to create team mm -hmm. of artists to work with who are already in, this in, 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 this, in the system, in the space, who know much about this idea more than myself. The only thing we now do is we now begin to collaborate as a team, talk together about this issue of memoria and how can materials found in the studio can be of help to interpret this concept of memoria. So it's not only what I come up with myself, it's a kind of teamwork. We sit together, okay, Mr. Soso, Mr. Soso, we have to find these materials. Look at the color scheme, look at the texture, look at the quantity of it. What we get, we can make out of it, and how would that one interpret what we are talking about, which is a issue of memoria in this space. And that's exactly what we try to do and what we are doing. Yeah. 
that sounds very complicated and labor intensive, like you said. So you're working with a team and you're working collaboratively, it sounds like, with the people who are in your team. Um, and do you have team meetings or how does that work? Yeah. You get together and you have work meetings? Yeah, we have a time schedule every day hmm. that we work. Wow. We have about four hours of working together, discussing, writing something broad, exposing ourselves to ideas, going out to get information, more information about the topic we are facing we are, or we are, we are tackling in the project. So it's kind of interactive something. And me and Grimaldi, we are very so close. Even after the normal schedule of the meeting, we still have time to discuss mm -hmm. at length as a, as, as a friend and as a collaborator mm -hmm. in this project. So with that, we are, I have more time to study and know much about the environment which I find myself in, in Philly. And I have to see how my own experience as an Africa person can be of help one way or the other, if there's any need for that. So we managed the two culture or two backgrounds together to achieve what we're about to see come to the nine. Wow. So how have you found, I mean, you're of Puerto Rican Grimaldi mm -hmm. heritage and you're Nigerian, so those are worlds apart yeah. in terms of how you think about the world, perhaps? But, I mean, I, I wouldn't, like, sort of overstate the geographical distance there because culturally there, um, you know, many um, African people were brought to the Caribbean, to Puerto Rico, and to uh, also to Brazil, to Cuba, to um, uh, the Americas as slaves. And with them, they brought their language and they brought their culture and they brought their music, which is a part of my heritage as well. So. Meeting, meeting Lanre, who is Yoruba, I am familiar with Yoruba as a spiritual tradition in, in my culture and my music and music as well that uses many Yoruba words that um, uh, growing up I didn't know what that meant necessarily. I, I just knew that it was part of some devotional uh, uh, religious uh, structure or something. Um, but even a friend of ours, uh, Diego Romero, who was visiting Philadelphia, who's a musician, uh, right when Lanre first arrived, was uh, sharing this and asking Lanre a lot, like, oh, what does this word mean in this song, and what does this word mean in this other song? Um, so I think uh, the bond culturally was, I think, rather quite seamless, very, very easy. And I think as, as if those relationships are approached from a very, from a humble and sincere place, the uh, exchange unfolds naturally. You know, that is what, as, as human beings, if we can do that, uh, the rest, I think, comes very easily. It's not always about sitting down in a circle and announcing your significant whatever thing and sharing and caring. It can be, it can, you can just be people together and create the conditions for that exchange and then just nurture it um, rather than prescribe it. And I think that, is a lot of my experience working with Lanre and with Kwesi as well. Thank you, that was great. Um, I wanna find out about the way you're working with the community. I read that you have sewing circles. <laughs> you're working with fabric, yeah. 
So how is that working? Where are your community members coming from? Um, are they all women? Are, is it a mix of women and men, young and old? Yeah, because as I said in Alicia, I don't know much about this space. I'm kind of alien here, so. But because I'm working with the organization Village, they know much about the environment where I find myself, so they help in getting the community artists on ground. And also, my neighbors, I told them about what I'm doing, and I asked them how they can be of help to what I'm doing. And I showed them that there's nothing to fear about. It's not, you're not making a very complex artistic process. It's just something everybody can just do. And once I show them, they grab it and be ready to, to go with us. So also, I find people like that. I just have to discuss with the village that so-so and so-so person would like to join my team. And also, they because, because of the idea we are working on about memory of a thing, they know that there are some people that are much involved in that thing in terms of pain, in terms of loss, in terms of their violent experience in the past from loved ones, so they believe such people will be the best to be in the main team. So they organize those for me because I don't know any of such background. So when I now get those information and personnel, the next thing is just <coughs> to get the ball rolling. Just start that, doing that, and it has been wonderful. And apart from that, those are the, so I ca we call them morning team and afternoon team mm. because some people come in the morning and mm -hmm. some people come in the afternoon mm -hmm. and apart from that also we reach out to other community like schools like organization like group of artists we discuss with them through a public matter that also know much about the environment where I find myself so and it is very good in socializing with people around 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 us so it has been helpful doing that, so talking to them, we go from one space to another, we are in my house sleeping, we've been doing that, <laughs> so, so with that, we have, we have more people that volunteer, that we like to do what we are doing, we like to be part of that project, and also, we organize program in the village, that people will come, maybe by eating some dinner with us, and they just share our experience with them and share our materials with them and tell them this is what you want us to do for us and people are enjoying doing that. That's great. Yeah. So you're living on Alder Street, is that right? Yes. In one of the artist yes. residency houses. Yeah. So people come in and are the sewing circles in your house? In my studio. In your studio. Yeah. Is that different than from than the house? Yes, different. Yeah. Ah, okay. We have a stu studio very close to the to my house. So it's, it's a matter of just two minutes to mm -hmm. walk. Great. So it sounds like there's a lot of people involved. Yeah. Maybe 50 people or more, it sounds like. I mean, Ebb up and, and down, ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. And can you tell me, are they sewing? Is it needle and thread sewing, or what, what no, are they no, doing? No, because my process is about getting the materials I said initially. And the next thing is that when I get the materials, I see materials as raw materials as raw materials, like you want to have a, a building project, so you need to get your raw materials in sound, concrete, cement. After that, you make your bricks. After that, you now begin to build when you already have 
a plan of what you are about to build. So the plan is what the team come up with. Okay, this we want to build it as a structure like this. So the next thing that we get the material for it, and the next thing, another thing is that we try and make the bricks mm -hmm. for that project. After they getting bricks, now begin to put the bricks together. It can be in the form of anything. It can be in the form of sewing if necessary, in the form of stippling if necessary, in the form of tying if necessary, in the form of joining if necessary. So many things go into the process because you are not facing just one project. You are facing a series of projects. And the material using determine how best to address or to tackle the certain project. So the uniqueness of the materials and the, the uniqueness of the of the framework which we plan to, okay, we want to create something like this. Like in building, I want to create a skyscraper. I want to create just a mini mat. There's different things going on there. So we work along that. So once we have a pro mm, the bricks, the next thing is to begin to lay the bricks according to the shape or structure we intend to build. Okay, so you're brick building right now. Yeah. Is that what's we going are on? Now, because we are very close to the exhibition, we are already in building now. Okay. We already we, we have made a lot of bricks. Mm -hmm. Now we are building. If we go to that space now, what we are doing is building, making those bricks together in terms of maybe joining them together, mm -hmm. maybe armoring them together, mm -hmm. maybe stapling them together, maybe just tying them together. And what does it, can you just describe what a brick is? Yeah, a brick <coughs> to me because the material, like in the studio now, we are using seeds of materials, as I said, we are using fabrics, we are using paper, we are using other material like that. We are using cardboards. Now, for example, the the fabrics, we have a, a project concerning that which are mainly for the morning team, which are very, very time intense. What we do that is just take a, a ribbon of fabrics, African fabrics, and that so many people have effort doing this. So the next thing is we make knot out of those fabrics. Mm -hmm. so like in a ribbon, we can make like 10 or 15 knots very close, maybe two fingers apart. So we make a lot of those knots mm -hmm. and uh, drop it to make a very beautiful installation in the mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the bricks. Other bricks, people gave me clothes, like T-shirts, like jeans. I just have to tie them with yarn, tie them together to make in form of a board or in form of a another shape that some I make with in form of a, when somebody saw it, so these look like um, donuts. So I, I, I make the shape of donuts out of it. So different kind of thing, like in paper, I staple paper together to have a very square, one by one inch square piece, which I intentionally want to build together to form a major project. So it sounds like it's very creative yeah. and has very many different facets. It's not yes. all bricks that are looking the same. No, no. So yeah. it'll be very multi-dimensional yes. and big. Yeah. Sounds like you have a lot of material. Yes. And where is this going to be? Yes, um, the building, because that's part of my project from Nigeria also. I'm interested in using discarded materials, the abandoned materials. I engage the use of abandonment 
in our environment, in our community, in our social life. So back home, I used an abandoned building from government that has been there for years, and nobody wants to do anything, so we had turned to museum projects. But here, so I can do that <coughs> because of so many mm -hmm. factors about that. Now, the building where we are using, make it interesting, is a, an abandoned factory, so to say. Hmm. Now, it's like a Chinese man bought it and tried to renovate it and make it in shops or in, in offices or any space for anything you can use. So it is there, me and my other partner, Chris, and have our studio. So when we, are begin to make, we begin to make works in the studio, there's thing for us to have an exhibition at the end of everything. And the kind of exhibition we, we envisage will not constrain our studio space. So there's a question of looking for space. So because I know this is a very gigantic building, and they still have so many things, space inside it that one can make use of. Though it doesn't look like gallery space, as in, in terms of uh, renovation, in terms of uh, structure, just like open space, untidy floor, everywhere, not in order. So I have to talk to the landlord of the space. That Do you have any other space in this building that you can show me? So yeah, we have a lot of building because it's Chinese man. So let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's a very good friend. So he took me up there <laughs> and I saw, wow, this is a wonderful space. This is the kind of space I, I like to use because I want to intervene even in my space, transforming the space from abandoned or rejected to something everybody will now come to, ah, this is wonderful, this, this is good. So in fact, it's like the, circumstance help the project a lot. So now, after I, s I saw the, the space, I discussed with the village, they discussed with the landlord, and we are ready to go. They make an uh, arrangement about getting the space for us for some period of time. The next thing, we have to clean up the space, so which is part of the process <coughs> of this um, project. So clean up the space of this we are using also. Normally we will have asked for any other open available gallery to, but no. That space, is, you can see the brick wall, you can see the writing, you can see the splashes, mm -hmm. naturally like that. That's what we are doing. Interesting. Um, one thing I'm thinking, and you can both talk about this, uh, when you have sewing circles and you're in a project about memory and loss, do you talk? Does Do people tell their stories, share their stories? You want to <coughs> talk about that, yeah. Grimaldi? Um, so the, the sewing circle is really a tactic that came out of discussions uh, that I had um, with Lon Ray and also with the, um, the director of the Spaces program uh, Lily and Dunn, who were in the early stages of the project, looking for a way to take the uh, complexity of, of Lon Ray's process and make it interface with a community uh, in a way that it would preserve all of the um, sophisticated parts of his process uh, and of his work. Um, his work, thankfully, is very 
labor intensive. And that is what I found most appealing um, in coming up with a way to get people to participate. Naturally, work is what invites um, what invites people to participate uh, in, in, in Longley's work um, because you can't do it alone. Or you sure can, but it takes a long time, yeah. right? Uh, and Lonray still jokes about the day that I came over and I saw the, the knots hanging behind his door. <laughs> and he said that I came over like, uh, like a little old lady all giddy uh, because they were so pretty. Um, and um, yes, while they were beautiful, I also saw it as a, it, it just really illustrated the idea of the brick, of the modular unit that is then used to compose a larger whole. And it really spoke to me in a very clear way. And from there, we derived this uh, strategy of the sewing circle. And so the sewing circle um, became a way to conduct a sort of uh, autonomous labor, if you will, a, a work for the hell of it. Right, a work. Uh, those knots are not going to make a bridge, and they're not going to put a roof on your head. Um, the the knots facilitate discussion. You know, they help us to talk. Um, and and I think that's really where the crux of this um, memorial dimension of this of this project really lies, because um, it's really quite difficult for someone like myself and like Lonre, who are not from uh, said neighborhood, from Germantown um, and Huntington from that area to come in and ask people to put um, you know very private and intimate uh, memories on the table right um, for the exploitation of an art project um, uh, I was looking for more poetic places where the idea of memorial was emer was already em emerging as Lonray described, this building, this building that was once a wire factory that is attached to the Brayer's ice cream factory, that is attached to a bunch of houses that were built for workers who worked in a, uh, I believe it was like a hat factory. And we live in, uh, th that is a neighborhood that is particularly affected, although all of Philadelphia is by a lack of, uh, of work that was once in its, um, in its prime during an, an industrial phase of our economy with lots of organized labor um, that guaranteed a living wage for the many people who were able to participate um, in that economy. That was not a uh, universal right to people. People had to fight, especially people of color, especially people of color in the neighborhood where we work. So to me, the absence of work was the main thing that I felt was very connected to this. I, strongly about it um, and and that became a thread that then we started to um, to pull on but I always looked at this project I think through the lens of, of work um, it is the the work and the labor in, in long race um, project that allowed for many people to participate um, it is the absence of work in our communities that affect all of these other issues of poverty uh, and violence prison cycles, et cetera, and closing schools, all of this, these are things are all connected. Um, and uh, that became the entry point. And the, the sewing circle uh, was a time for us to come together and to talk and to do this repetitive task that was really quite simple. 
tying knots in, um, uh, in fabric, and coming together, tying knots, and talking, I think then led to this other, this other phase of, of this, which, which is something that Lanre and I have talked about um, a bit, which is the, the teacher, the, the principle of, of the teacher, or of a, of a spirit, of, of a sum total, some other thing that is difficult to quantify, but one feels and is produced by people coming together. Uh, and, uh, Will, Will Reed, who's, who's in our group, uh, I think said it, said, said something really beautiful uh, one time in our circle, which is like, this circle is a spirit machine. This is a little machine and it produces spirit. It produces some other thing, ethereal thing, that is a sum total of all of us and all of our effort. Um, and that took a great deal of time uh, and, and I think trust in each other um, and in cultivating this present before we ourselves even can become aware of it and actually feel it. It's one thing for me to theorize that something like this may arise. It is another thing to practice it and from the practice of it then be able to say, aha, there it is, I feel it and I am trying to define it. So these are the, the kind of the, the things that we were able to uh, do with the sewing circle, you know, that is the, how that work uh, works. Uh, it is a social type of work. It sounds very moving for the participants, I would think, just to be in the circle and, you know, feeling, even if it doesn't dawn on you while you're in there, feeling afterwards that something <coughs> happened. There's some, I don't know if you want to call it bonding or you know, spirit of community mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. might not have existed before and might not exist outside that space mm -hmm. with those people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's very powerful. Um, so the culminating sculpture will be installed <coughs> for December 9th. Yeah. And what happens to it after that? Will it stay there, do you think? Yeah. My initial plan was for it to stay if the village can uh, do it as I used to do it back home and other places I've been to. So what I do is that I create a space as a museum space which can be run after my project. But because of the uniqueness of my new environment and maybe the, the finance aspect of it, and time consuming aspect of it is starting us to all those things. I believe it will just run for for a month or so. And after that, we are open or they are believing that there may be other extension of that exhibition outside the original space. I don't know much about that. I can't say much about that because I don't know much about this environment. So it is for really to, to do that. I don't know how how they can push that to have the exhibition stage in so many other venue out <coughs> outside of the German town that they are using now. Well, I hope they can find a way. Yeah. It sounds very wonderful. Um, we've been talking for a while and I wanna thank you for coming. Is there anything else you can tell us about the project or? I'd like to thank um, <coughs> Nick, Anthony and 
Will, um, and also Stan, who yeah. are the young people that I work with on on a on a daily, um, and whom I've had the privilege to meet uh, and to spend a great deal of time with, um, and who, without their efforts, this would not be, uh, and who have been very gracious uh, hosts to me in their um, in their neighborhood and I think it's very important to to acknowledge that uh, that I am also a guest um, uh, yeah, and thank also, you I also want to thank my other teammates Sherita Margaret and Bruce they are so wonderful guys working with me, and I thank them because they are so patient working with me. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, before that, I've been working with some other groups that they find it difficult to, to continue with the project. Maybe because I don't know why. Maybe because I'm too ashen, I don't know. So they are very cool guys to work with, and they have a lot of patience working with a black African artist like myself. It sounds like a wonderful project yeah. altogether. Yeah. You've made friends and made something. Yeah. Well, congratulations, and thank, thank you. you again for coming and talking with me. Thank you so much. And um, I've been speaking with Long Ray from Nigeria and Grimaldi Bayez, artist in residence up at the Village in the Spaces project. So we hope to see you on December 9th up at the Village. I think it's 6 p.m. Yes. If I recall, um, be there, please. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.